What would uh, Valentine's Day, Day Eve be without the carnival? It would just be February 13th. So, obviously, we made it special. But I have to give Greg a Valentine. So, Greg, Hi. you can have the show. Take it away. Thank you. Wow. I've always dreamed of this. <laughs> just what I've always wanted. <laughs> Thank okay. you. I know. I love you, dear. <laughs> Where's my sticker that says, you know, rock on or something? <laughs> no sticker? Stickers make for bad radio. I'll give you a. <laughs> I'll give you the drink more coffee sticker. I still All right, that'll do. Oh, well. Okay, hi. We got a kind of a good musical show today, so we have a special guest, and special. this guy's a. He's now a, a new friend, and uh, he, he kind of comes by way of my cousin Tad, who uh, is out in Los Angeles, and he's an occupational therapist, and also he's been in some movies and TV and stuff like that. So, like everybody. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Oh at least he's not a waiter. <laughs> so. <laughs> Without further ado, I wanted to introduce our musical guest, Deepak Thatu. There will be a written essay later to get the line from where it came from. <laughs> Say hello to the people, Deepak. Hello, everybody. I'm so, you know, I'm so glad this finally happened, Greg. Yes. Because we've yeah. been trying for a while, right? Yeah, we had a lot of, uh, you know, setbacks with people moving and things happening and life getting in the way generally. But yeah. here we are. Finally, at last. Yeah, and I gotta say hi to Tad because Tad just texted me. He hey, said, Tad, is it live? Yes. Or when's it gonna be on? <laughs> just like we were just talking yeah. about, right? So, so well, Tad, it will be on. I will definitely send them the one when, when I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so how did this start out for you? Where did you get the music bug? Oh my gosh! Well, just like how we were just talking about, it, I would say probably, you know, sitting at home watching MTV and seeing like, wow. That's cool, you know, watching, you know, when they would play, so you see different videos, right? But when you see a video with somebody playing a guitar, oh my gosh, I think like the first live one was like Red Barchetta. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And you know, in school, everyone's talking about, oh, Neil Peart and everything. I was like, wow. And then you actually see it happening in front of your, you know. And then, oh my goodness. Does it help you when you're watching? I always wonder about this. Does it help you? When you watch a video, if a, if they have good camera guys or women, right. when they close up on the fingers, I mean, does that does that actually help you figure out what they're doing? Oh wow! Or um, is that like you know just for flash or? Well, back then, you know, it was like cool just to kind of see, just you know, you hear like, you know, like a bend or something. It's like, yeah. oh wow, that's a, or the whammy bar, right? yeah, <laughs> right, right, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, geez, these days, the kids are so lucky, right? They get, like, everything spelled out to them. You right. Know, you play this, and, you know. But back then, really, most of it was. Just, I know. You know it, it, I mean, I have to say that. It's, if if the technology was there when I was in high school, I'd probably be all over that. I would have made it through school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg, in your hosting duties, you forgot the walrus was Paul. The walrus was Paul. I'm very channel. sorry. Yes, Paul. But oh, by Our the way, w has joined us today. Also, disclaimer hi, for kids hey, these days. Yes, one it, there was one time many years Paul ago. Paul McCartney's old band. Many <laughs> many years ago that MTV played videos. Yeah, yeah. Before Jersey Shore. Oh boy. And pregnant girls, <laughs> pregnant teens. I don't even bother anymore. But remember, you would you just go. Remember when I was a kid, I'd get home from school and go. Well, I'm going to go out and play, but I'll just watch. 20 minutes, then it would be an hour, then it would be just watching, it would be, okay, what's going to come next? 
Well, so MTV started getting like less and less cool because they would be doing that kind of stuff, right? But then VH1 started becoming cool right, because right. they had all these like variety shows, like music variety right. shows. And I remember there was one with um, it wasn't, it was I think Ben Sidron was hosting it, right? He's like a jazz piano guy, yeah. Know, but he was hosting it, and Hiram Bullock was playing, and there was a, a, a kid playing on a bucket. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is like, right. this is like, this is like a gorilla music, you know? right? <laughs> so I have, oh my God. So he's like jamming his, like his, his worn out strat, just killing it. Oh, I couldn't even believe it. But I, I had, I would always be pressing record on the VCR. Always. Right. So somewhere there's like all these, like probably like totally humidified <laughs> VHS tapes that maybe we can I restore. Have I, I oh have a God. bunch it's, of XXI stuff. You know what? I, I, have, I, have, I have betas. Yeah, wow. Wow. I yeah. parted with all that stuff a long time ago and I wish I hadn't because oh. there's there's so many things that I recorded off of MTV. Yeah, I but mean, there remember, was a David Gilmore concert where yeah. he, he I remember the, that one. I remember that one. Yeah, but also I was a teenager, so it was probably some Shannon Tweed and Shannon Weary <laughs> like movies on the end I, of them. I don't want to give them to somebody and they'll be watching a music video. Go, I still have <laughs> a two working VCRs and I had a lot of stuff from satellite from the satellite uh, TV, so the quality is pretty good. Yeah. And the sound on a VHS is really good. A friend of mine yeah. had a laser really disc, is. and he yes. would say, now he would say, this would go back, okay, the beginning of this decade, he could go into some stores and look way in the back, maybe dollars or something, he would find them. We're oh, never apologize to never apologize. But he would find them in the back. But one of the things, too, I, like you talked about music and how doing this stuff. I saw Peter, well, first time I saw Peter Gabriel, he comes out, introduces the band. What did the band do? They had garbage cans. They whacked them with chains. Oh, wow. You can find, like, music, and I think anywhere, and you think, like, okay, you don't have the money. You have to make it. Well, there was that whole thing with Stomp, where they did the garbage oh, can right. things, the yeah, percussion. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that stuff. But for me, you were talking about seeing guitar so The guitar solo that got me, and I think it's been voted, like, in the top five, and I don't like lists like that. You know, whatever you like, you like. But right. David Gilmore on Comfortably Numb. Mm. Oh, yeah. Another brick in the wall when he pulls the, the cord, like, right. I never like really that. appreciated them until, like, later on as I really d dug into it and said, wow, these guys... Because I, I always associated it with, like, drugs, and right. I, I never really saw the music part of it, right? you know, for a long time. So, same with Zappa. I just thought he was weird. So, I think right. Zappa's, like, a, you know, people hate me for this some of them but i think overall he became just a really good comedy music writer yeah he was really good but it was more like comedy well sarcastic but, but, yeah. but if you listen to guitar right mm. which is oh, a great yeah. album and and you know i i think i always liked zappa for his guitar stuff but you know i, I saw him live in um at um at the at the war memorial rochester really? that's well, all i ever in, call it i won't call back it in 80 call. yeah whatever it is now back in like 83 and it was funny because somebody, at one point, he goes, any requests? And somebody yells, whipping post. And they played whipping post. Oh, wow. And the the um, the horn section carried the guitar solo. Oh, it was wow. really, wow. You know, it was really just genius. Absolutely this, genius. This is weird. Yeah. Yesterday, I was playing this gig down in the wine country there near Geneva. And same thing happened. Exact same song. 
somebody said whipping post and we just started playing it. That's mm. that's great. Well, yeah, but these other guys that were singing, I didn't know what the hell they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> but they wanted to hear it. So. If somebody yelled ashtray heart, nobody would play it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> but how did you? So how did you start playing then after you were inspired? Yeah, well, so around that time, my best friend growing up. Michael Lewis, hope you, we call him young and he, he'll be listening, I'm sure, um, when I send this to him. But so his brother, Brad, um, we live in the same neighborhood. He was like the, you know, the cool brother, him and his brother, Alan, they both had like the best record collections. Oh my God. Right. Record collections. You know, you take it out, you open it up, there's lyrics, there's pictures, there's pictures of instruments. Right. You're going crazy. And yeah. it's like, wow, you see who's next and you're like... <laughs> right, you know. Who's right. Next? I know the CD the has horribly like, ruined the art. They really do that on there. You know, you know um, the story behind the story. You know the story behind who's next? The urban legend. Hmm. The urban legend is they wanted Stanley Kubrick to direct Tommy, and he won't do it. So that cover is that I'm doing this because oh, I'm on the monolith. Wow. Got it. Okay. But carry on. <laughs> well, yeah. So good story. There's. All that stuff. So Brad actually, he had a uh, like a um, a Hondo Stratocaster. Like, oh, again, okay. He would and he would take it out, and, and when he would leave, Mike would pull it out, and we would like, oh my gosh, this is great, you know, and you know, we're just not knowing what we're doing, you know, little um, PV uh, decade tiny little amp, and so. Uh, Mike was great, and he still is a great guitar player. And um, I just watch him, and you know, one day Brad brought us into the room, and he played Van Halen one. He played Eruption. Oh wow! I was like, because <laughs> he was like his his point in playing it was like, you want to see some cool guitar sounds? Yeah. Not right. even about just like you want to do you know. So I was like listening to that. And like, the style, yeah. And literally, it was just like because you remember you can't we don't see hands we don't see anything. It's like how do you make those sounds? Right. right. And then so in the same day he played that and then he played um, off of um, the Jimi Hendrix the, the Greatest Hits volume the one the purple one on yeah. the side. He played um, Star Spangled Banner. Ah. Uh. And when you hear the sounds in there, and you know, at the time, you're just like thinking, you know, but then you, the artistic point, when he's the story that he's telling with the, with the, with the guitar, you know, it's just amazing, right? It was, you know, it, it was um, that, and then he played Machine Gun. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I love Machine Gun. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, so it was just sounds and stuff. So Text painting. That's how <laughs> it started. But then on MTV, I saw the live Van Halen video for Unchained, and that was it. Yeah. I was like, at some point, at that time, I wasn't playing, but all my friends played. So I was just, you know, watching those guys play. I, um, um, I'm trying to think. I, I actually, I had a Flying V guitar that um, I sold. I was playing trombone in elementary school, and that didn't work out too. <laughs> 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 I mean, now it's like, wow, there's a lot of hip stuff on trombone. But at that time, That'd I would be great I for a video, though. Oh my god! <laughs> so it, I went to the house of guitars. We traded the the this um, trombone in, which I bought at. Or my parents bought it. Music lovers, right? This is so funny. It's all coming back to me. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that guitar looks really cool." So we traded this, got that. And, and isn't just, that how it starts? Yeah. I like the way that looks. It and totally, I even know oh nothing about <laughs> it. It literally sat in the corner of my room forever. I barely ever played it, but the guys would play it. Like Mike would come over and play it. Yeah. Randy, Rain, all my friends that played, they would all come over and play. And they, you know, so. As fate would have it, I played like basketball, or whatever, you know, sports in high school, and I destroyed my knee in uh -huh. a year, and I was like, ah. Oh. 
so I couldn't play. But I'd be hanging out with these guys all the time. So, you should be, you should be playing. You know, you should learn how to play. So it's like, oh, okay. So that's how it started. That's when I was like playing. But then, as they would, they're all I had. I was just blessed enough to have all these amazing guitars around me. You know, and that it was just that's how it started. Somehow yeah. that ties into your your other career as an occupational therapist. I'm guessing because <laughs> you were sitting around with a bad knee and you're like, oh, I think I got to do something. Well, that's a whole, wow. That's, that's a, that's How did you story. even get into that? I mean, so, how did you, <laughs> and how did you go in, get into jazz from, you know, it, obviously you got roots in rock and roll, so how? There's, there's so many things I want to tell you because it's, you guys go are ahead. like, actually, because like, when we were talking about Pink Floyd. We got eight you, minutes. Go ahead. You said, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, the Crick Nose version, you know, the, uh, the, we were talking about Pink Floyd, right? Yeah. So like, to me, there was like music. There was like pre-Van Halen and post-Van Halen. Right? Okay, right. right. For, for a while, after listening to Van Halen, I couldn't I couldn't listen to anything besides stuff that sounded like that because it was just, I was obsessed with that. And right, right. Knew me back then. So you got Abba's whole collection. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. You know? um, but... As as time went by, you know, and after, you know, so what happened was you're so I the occupational therapy thing that came after moving to California. So okay. I was I was in school. So I went end up going to UB with a lot of our friends that we grew up with. A ton of us from Webster High School went to University of Buffalo, and our floor literally I'm not even kidding. Every kid played guitar. Wow. Every kid, so it was. I was not doing well there because I was like just playing guitar all day. Right. right. <laughs> After a couple of years of that, I um, myself and my roommate we moved out to California and we went to the Musicians Institute. That wow. changed everything. That whole experience changed everything. Not just the music part, but um, just growing up. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, it was just like you know this totally green kid, Webster, New York. You know, right. going to Hollywood, California. So. That's another podcast. You it's know, actually I mean, talking about that. That's serendipity, great. serendipity. I actually read last week. I just started a Chuck Berry bio now. Last book I read was Noel Monk's Van Halen's tour manager's oh. story of Van Halen from '78 to '85. Wow! And you want a weird tie in Hendrix and Van Halen? I never knew this. You know the Van Halen yeah. logo? They showed the Hendrix logo. It's basically that logo with Hendrix. Oh, I've never no seen way. the Hendrix. And I would consider maybe Hendrix is huh. in my top yeah. three, be yeah. my number one guitar player. Mm. But That's so weird. there's a big influence there and everything. I got oh, a great God. book of Van Halen photos, a coffee table book. This yeah. thing by that Neil guy. Neil, I was going to say the Neil. And, and uh, Zoltflower, or whatever his name is. And, and uh, some great shots. I mean, just, you know, the... the the jumping off David Lee Rod jumping off a car with his legs freaking. I think you know. you've got the dichotomy of the band. You have the virtuoso. A lot of people are like, "What the heck is this guy playing?" Then you have the showman. Right. You have that mix. We have yeah. You have all your metal bands. All these. You had like a mix of pop, metal, like old style. It, it, and it was interesting. And it, I so think that's cool. It, it, they like. You know, at first you're, especially being a young kid who's just, wow, excited about guitar or whatever, you just, like, jump into, like, oh, my God, I just hear tons of notes and tons of techniques. Right. You don't understand it, but you're like, oh, wow, that's it. I didn't appreciate how well he, like, swung, you know, just his musicality right. later in life, you know. And so after the whole Musicians Institute experience and everything, that's when I started appreciating, like, a David Gilmore, like, wow, very soulful, so beautiful tone, yep. beautiful timing, and all that stuff. So that, so the, I guess really what I meant to say was there was, like, the pre-going <clears throat> pre to California and, 
and postal and as yeah. far as like music appreciation, right. you know. Sure. You know what it's so. like. I draw like a comparison to the Beach Boys, where you grow up and you hear all the, the cool pops, like all fun, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. As you get more into music, and I've always called music gateway drugs. You go to one, you go to one, you go to another. As you appreciate music more, then you appreciate Brian. And all the great stuff he did, like Pet Sounds, Smile, the genius of them. Mm. You realize they're much more than like just a surf pop band. Right. Whereas like the general audience is going to come now see like a Mike Love band that just churns out the hits. While like people who are into music are going to want to go see, listen to Brian's like stuff and just try to pick out those sounds and go where did he get these i just sounds? watched the documentary it happened to be on access tv i think and it was about and it was about pet sounds great channel and the whole thing about pet sounds and how they how he did a lot of those things and and they showed some clips of the studio guys like hal blaine and and an interesting trick i guess i never realized is the beach boys had this thing a drum trick where they would do a snare and a floor tom simultaneously for the beat. Mm. So when you think about, like, East Coast girls, that's a snare and a floor mm. together. Or, like, Don't Worry you know, Baby, like, yeah. the bass line and stuff, how difficult that is. And, it, yeah, it's just the way he, he's got the whole thing in his head, and he's just telling everybody what to do, and it's like, it's just it was just an amazing It's like Mozart, where he could, like, the first time in his head, he could get this around like yeah. that. Mm. That's mere mortals here between you yeah, and no the kidding. drummer. So, <laughs> C-G-A. <laughs> but so you, you got know. Then, like you got into jazz and you go from there. Yeah, well, so going to Musician Institute was amazing because I was still very, like, very much uh, a basic, like, just learning. Like I was there, and I was literally like, oh my god, there was, I. I just sat there and just like looked at everybody. It was like an awe all the time. Right. The teachers, the students. Oh my god! So um, that, f- but essentially a metalhead, I would say, right. going there, you know. But a metalhead that was like interested in like so, you know, when we're talking about Gabriel and Gen- you know, the Genesis. I had like my friend Jeff Simons, you know, you know, would always every night he would like, oh, you gotta listen to this. He'd be playing like you know like. Uh, like old Genesis. I mean, the fusion there. Right. Like I love that stuff. Oh God, I learned a lot of that know? stuff in college too. So I, I had the same experience as like pre, pre NAS, post NAS. Cause once I was in school, I was listening to all kinds. I was buying, you know, Max Roach stuff and, and different jazz things. And, you know, you start opening your spectrum of, of what you're, what you want to listen yeah. to. And yeah. that's how you gotta, that's how you get better. And yeah. I think also when you're in high school, you were pinged into a group. Right, you right. have to like a certain. Oh, like, yeah. And like, if somebody heard me, like, oh, you know, I just heard the new Coltrane album. That bastard! How can he not? He's listening to. He's listening to Coltrane. He's betrayed us. Yeah, right. And now all of them now love all the stuff I love. Oh what, my god! It's what, what was it? Did you always say that you were pegged as because you liked like some band with guns or something? Oh, gun, gun club. Gun club. So I remember like <laughs> making club. gun club albums. This is like swamp rock. You would call it. Okay. I remember like giving some of my friends. You know, you pick the tapes. Like some Maiden fans and stuff. Because one of my friends goes, Rob. This music sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I still love them, but it's like, I don't think you... Yeah, but do you like it? Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you talk about being packed in a, in a group because I hung out with people that were musically diverse. Hmm. And, you know, so I started off as a kid, you know, listening to whatever was on the radio. But by the time I was in high school, I was listening to 
um, a lot of album-oriented rock. We and I grew up in Syracuse, and we had we could just barely get a Utica station oh, wow. that played album-oriented rock oh, and, and wow. deep cuts and everything. And so, you know, we we just had a lot of diversity, but it was all still like rock. It was it was you know Zeppelin, it was Pink Floyd, it was. But uh, really got into a lot of deep Eric Clapton mm. and um, blues-based rock. And I had my best friend was the the one white kid in the black school in in, 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 in the city in Syracuse. Right. And he brought in all the soul and and um, R and B music and everything. So we just we had this amazing musical diversity across the yeah. The, the crossover thing was way was a lot bigger. Back then, you didn't have so much pigeonholing. Yeah, this is, so I was, I, you know, yeah. just to sort of date myself, right? I, so I graduated high school in '79. And Deepak's, oh, wow, nice. Deepak's got some roots in Utica, right? I, yeah, that's well, that's where I met Ted. Yeah, you know, that's where I went to. I had a lot of hangers from Utica Club. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went to, you went to my, school the other thing, there, right? I'm always yeah. like very intellectually curious about things. Like I'll read about something and I'll have to explore. So yeah, you listen to metal, then you find out like the people you like their influences. So you go. Wow, I want to give this stuff a try. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, once again, I, I too was so psyched to hear like I, all my friends. Like, there's like some friends like REM and those, you know, the alternative bands at the time, and, and really even the '80s. It's like when you listen to those, those when you watch those MTV videos now, it's like, oh my gosh, oh. Clearly, they were listening to Chic. Clearly, right. these guys, were listening, you know, <laughs> I Guns love Durant, Roses. You know, you know, and so yeah. it was like. Going back now, listening to all the music that we grew up on, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, because at that time you think, oh my god, they just created it themselves, and this is this is whatever. It's like, right. no, it's a total lineage, and you can hear, yeah. see how um, where it was all borrowed from. And it's, yeah. it's it's really it's Duff it, McKagan really cool. said, what did they do? All that Parliament cheek, all those crunchy yeah. bass players. Yeah. That's where they got the bass from. Oh my god! I used yeah. to watch Soul Train. I used to love like Soul Train. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh. even even Talking Heads. I mean, uh, uh, Tina uh, picked up bass from um, uh, uh, George uh, Clinton. George Clinton. Yeah. yeah oh. He spent a lot of well, time with the Talking Heads. Did she give it back? <laughs> <laughs> He's still looking for her. <laughs> she, she took my bass. She won't give up the funk. No, and right. I also had oh, because my brother one. was in a local <laughs> band, so I was all aware of the Scourges and New Wave stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what I always say, the beauty of music. It's like, if you're an explorer, that's never-ending. Mm. You keep going and going and going. That's what I get from, like, the stuff I've heard of yours. I can't remember the lyrics, but I can remember the songs. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny. The music that, like, I play now, it's like, you wouldn't necessarily think that I, like, grew up. <laughs> like, right. Was, but it's I like, disagree. I, really... I hear Slayer. <laughs> the thing is, I like that stuff too. Right. I really do. It's like you so know, I, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's um, it's just I love live music. I love seeing live musicians play, and you know, just feeling that, you know, and that was a good, cool thing about being at MI. You know, once again, you're right, you know, always all, playing, and you, and you see like tons of different bands, and at that time, so that would have been like what ninety one. So there was a lot of bands playing a lot of different styles. Wow. You know, like the Chili Peppers were huge back then. Living right. Color was, you know. So you have all, you know, like, oh, wow, they're playing. Living Color, those guys are beasts. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, read, read. did you see them when they were here a couple of years ago? No. Oh, they were I, th- I think I've seen them like 12 times, you know. Oh, yeah. And they were like a huge, like, wow, I love, I want to understand music. kind Because, like, you listen to their, in their, something sounds jazzy, something sounds funky, something yeah. sounds metal, something sounds whatever. So it was like, you know. But I should say, too, so, like, college was just in general going to college around. So I graduated from 
Webster in 87. So thinking around that time. One of my friends, um, we call him Linus. His name is Sunil, but we call him Linus. So he <laughs> went to Boston University, and he's like, Deeps, I got to I gotta play this cassette. You're going to love this. So it was Shakti. Ah. It's John McLaughlin, okay. right? So it was like, oh my gosh, it was like, we called it legalized shredding, right? Yeah, right. Shredding that our parents could like actually <laughs> right, get right. into, right? Because they weren't so into it. And his hair was short. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. Right, right, you know. Oh my gosh. And he's Indian. Oh my gosh. Oh, he's not Indian, but he's basically funny you mentioned Indian. that too, because we had Lily Winwood on the show, Steve's daughter, and she plays, I, was, I would say it was sort of folk, right? Americana. So, so we're asking her, what's she like? What'd she go? Guns N' Roses, all these other bands yeah. like that. That's what she listens to. Wow. But one of my bands also, too, that got me exploring further was Steely Dan. Oh, yeah. And all the... Oh, my God. And yeah. Skunk Baxter is a guitarist also. I really felt like him. He's like fairly... But Steely Dan, this you get jazz, you get improv, you get everything in there. No. There's, I, a friend of mine, we always talk about, it's like, there's like, you know... Sometimes you just need to put a Steely Dan song on, and everything is just like yes, yeah, right? Because there's, there's just there's just so much. It's you know it just resets everything. You know it's just, there's like there's just something about it. It's like the, the amalgamation guitar, of all the different oh, styles. The guitar so and great. Deacon Blues. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like what? The so oh my God, the guitar and so many of their songs is just just unbelievable. And just the stories, know? like my old school, just like in three verses, the story they tell. Right. What <laughs> they is about their lyrics is just like. What is he talking about? <laughs> it's like, ah, you, you, know. you prepped yourself to be on here. Right. <laughs> I think I think sardonic uh, is the word. Right, yeah. sardonic. When you're oh named after a dildo from a William F. Burroughs book, <laughs> you, don't expect, yeah. like, you don't expect um bop for a song. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, baby. Uh, yeah. So you know, well, maybe with the Steely Dan, oh, oh, baby would work. I don't know. That's so funny. <laughs> well, I mean, so when I went to California, so like that first week, I was so that the story as it goes like basically every day they'd have a different you know Tommy Tedesco a huge like studio musician right, they had a day they had like a you know a classical musician they had you know you know all all different like teachers like for their their their, um, their that first week that uh, orientation week if you want to call it that so on Friday everybody all the kids that I was that were hanging out with students that hanging out with, they were like all right we're just gonna watch a little bit of this then we're gonna go to the strip. Right? right, Sunset Strip, and check out like you know, just go to see all the you know the whiskey and the, right. you know whatever. See like the bands that were playing at the time. And so remember, so we're talking early '90s, so you know it's starting to change, right? Right. You know this from like the hair metal vibe was still kind of right, there, but it was like starting, starting to get into grunge, right? You know, yep. you know, it was starting to get less and less popular. So, um, so the the guy who was playing was this guy Norman Brown. I'm like, who's this? I never heard of him. You know, sit down. Oh my God! As soon as he touched that guitar, I was not going to leave that room. Right. It was like, like that experience. So guitar, you know how like when you're like you're in the presence of a musician and they're playing whatever instrument you're hearing, and you're like, oh my God, this is like unbelievable. To this day, he's still like that. Like I can't think of anyone that like just destroys me more than Norman Brown's. He just picks up the guitar. And he would just play like a rhythm or play like and it was it was just so much vibe from him. So that was his concert. Everyone's like, you guys, you, you know, you get ready. Let's go. Let's go. And I was like, wow. oh, you guys go ahead. So I just I sat there and watched him. And he's essentially, if you want to call it contemporary or a smooth jazz artist. But oh, my God, he could tear up any style. 
And like he, it was funny because he plays like a George Benson, like blonde Ibanez, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so in our in our lesson rooms or whatever, they have like their open counseling was like basically in our office hours, right? So everybody would go to their favorite teacher and hang out and jam with them and learn whatever. So I'd always go to That's hang cool. out with him. So he would tell stories about how he would play. He would have to learn like ACDC. So he was he pulled out his jazz box and he would play. Back in black, flawlessly, <laughs> right? <laughs> the best you can with those, two, you know, heavy thirteen gauge, so you can't bend it to it. But he had the grooves, the riffs, and you were just like, "How is he doing this?" Yeah. But then he could play a beautiful, you know, soul version of like you know, "Send One Your Love" or something, you know, like a um, Stevie Wonder, you know, whatever. And just and he, I was everything changed at that point because like, I got literally changed. Like I, I, it's almost like I just stopped playing like how I played. And just was watching how he played rhythm, how he played. I would just, I was like, okay, the that studious person came. That part of me, like all right. of a sudden, hit that my parents wanted for so long. Yeah, right. <laughs> for you know other things, you know, all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, I have to like really pay attention and figure out what he's doing. And yeah. so that whole year um, was pretty much just like just hanging out with him. Yeah. And that he's completely kind of you know influence like where i am now basically. the cool thing with that though see you can because you'll shock people because you have that other background <clears throat> and like if you could be playing at a jazz gig and then somebody will might jokingly oh please you and you you'll be able to do it and then you'll their jaw will drop and you'll be like yeah see that so shut up <laughs> you sneak in little parts of like metal and the, like all of a sudden whole lot of love vibrates yeah. oh too. my god that's like, so like cool. a sun song or right. something <laughs> yeah i you know i i wish i uh, um it's funny like I was the guy that's like, okay, I want to learn how to play the instrument. And so like, when they would, he would show grooves and stuff like that. I would sit there and just like, just try to like make up stuff. I wasn't like the like learning entire. I there was so a friend of mine, um, Sage. This is a, he was like my big brother out there in in the apartment that I lived in. He was like he, he was him and Norman were like my hugest influences because he would make like cassettes for me. And he's an amazing musician, bass player. Um, he lives. Um, he lived in California, but he's from Washington D.C. Okay. So he had this whole like amazing history of music that like I was like talking about. It's like, oh my gosh, look how funky Living Color is. Just like, okay, I need to sit you down. Yeah. <laughs> he would drive me off to uh, to Tower Records, and he's like, you need to start learning this. So right. of course, it was like stacks and stacks of like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Isley Brothers, Funkadelic, all of that. So it was back in 1991. So James Brown, you know, and it was like going hand in hand because I was like hanging with Norman at school. He's like describing and showing all this stuff. And then I had all this listening that I was getting from him. So that was like, oh, okay. So that I learned, it wasn't so much, I mean, like tons and tons of songs, but I was like, oh my God, I got to get this groove here. I have to get this part here. I need this guitar solo here, whatever, that kind of thing. So I, it's funny, like I'm going back now and wanting to try to like learn songs that I grew up on. Yeah. Even like Pink Floyd or whatever, you know, like I never learned that stuff. I listened to it, but I never, right. you know, um, 
and I listening and I listened to it now with different years. So I'm like, oh my god, listen to those chords, listen to the things that are going on. So I still feel like I'm just learning how to play like There's right so now. There's so much. <laughs> yeah. It's like I feel like I'm starting once again, starting all over there again. There is you know? so like during the pandemic, I really got into world music. You start going, mm. "There's more. There's more." So when I would go to Tom Cohen at the Bob Ship and go, "Can you take me farther out?" And he goes, "How far you want to go? All the way?" Give <laughs> me like something like. We weren't dealing and talking about music, Greg. <laughs> but I gave him a, he gave me the Die Like a Dog Quartet. And it's like 50 minutes of buzzing bumblebees. <laughs> it's like stuff like that. And that's how you go. There's just, you just hit the tip of the iceberg in music. There's always more. There's always. Right. Yeah. Something I've listened to like with your music, I get a sense it's almost like you're telling a story with your songs. Oh, my goodness. That's wow. what I get. I like picture it in my head. You don't want to get in this head, but <laughs> well, so it's a sad story. I, I have to, <laughs> yes. How far do you want to go? <laughs> um, I have to take this moment to to acknowledge my my musical brother um, Judah Seely, who's an amazing. Oh my God, this amazing. Right, uh, I wanted to touch on that. Your your release that you've got out that's yeah. been gaining some some traction. Yeah. Yeah. So he's um, he's been a like such a huge influence as a musician. I mean, he's, I mean, we're like brothers, but besides that, just, he's just a phenomenal musician. So we, we became friends, like, I don't know how many years it's been. It's been a few years, but, um, he's an amazing, like producer and, and a saxophonist and all of that. And we just kind of gelled in terms of like what we like to hear. It's like how, I try to play guitar is kind of like how he kind of likes it in his songs right? and how he plays keyboards and how he plays saxophone and how he sets up his rhythms. I'm like, Oh wow. That's something. So we've kind of like just have a really great um, partnership um, musically. So in terms of that storytelling, gosh, if you hear this guy play keyboard and by the way, you will hear him play keyboard because at the end of the month, um, we're playing a gig together. Oh, good. Opening up for, um, an amazing uh, um, um, keyboard player. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. But so Judah, when he plays, he his the way he arranges and plays his chords, they tell a great story. So like when we write together, a lot of times he has like his track, and I'll play the melodies over. I'll, I'll like listen, like you know, have it on repeat, like you know, a hundred times, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh. then the melodies start coming. And then I'll write the melodies, you know, and then we'll go back and forth and, and, and then all of a sudden the song come out. And that's it's been such a, a, a great process. So I have to, like, thank you for saying that. Oh, oh no, it does. That's what I feel like. But now I've got you because next time you play, I'm going to make sure I go down there. Somebody does and in the middle of your soul. I'm going to play some hot reels, some hell from Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, no, it's but a, I hear it's that it's a story. It's like Herb Smith tells the story of a song he's playing. He's walking through the woods. He's a chipmunk. Right. I like it taken away. Like, okay, he's writing about something. I'm being going on a journey here, a musical yeah. journey. No, and, you know, definitely there's inspiration behind the melodies. And, like, you know, and it takes it takes time to really not only, like, you know, come up with the sonic part of it, but just to, like, the nuances of the notes. And really, like, when you start, like, recording it, you start to realize that, you know what separates you know one song from another is just like you know those little nuances you know how do you how do you tell you know tell those you know play those notes to convey the the feeling i think there's that feeling of awesomeness i mean you're a capable player but every now and then this is like i've always said this about some shows and actually neil pierce said this he said you know rush you know we know what we're doing 
But every now and then, there's these shows where it's just magic. Mm. Where it's just really, mm. you hit the, it's just like you look at each other and you go, there's something special tonight, I right. know. Like when you just hit the right card, you go, I don't know where this came from. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to know where my ideas come from because they might not show up again, but I'm so glad this showed yeah, up. You just lock in and things are flowing and nobody's fighting. You're not even thinking. You're just playing. You know, it's, you know what I realized too is you can never, re- you can never repeat something. You know, like right. if you have a great gig, it's like, okay, we're gonna try to make it just like that. Right. Oh, you have to just forget that so, that even happened. So, are there people that you play with that you get flow more often than you get with other people? I mean, you know, where you just get that groove and you get the flow. Yeah. Well, so I've been playing with the same like family of musicians for like the past few years. So I'm lucky that I, we we've developed that like synergy i suppose um i play like every saturday at the memorial art gallery and we pretty much have the same crew um different guys come in and out but even the guys that come in are guys that that i know really well they were friends or whatever so it's like that spirit of the jam is is there and there's like you know it's it's um i i was we were, you know we talk you know after our gigs and stuff it's like wow that was really something amazing whatever you know and then the next gig will come and be like, oh, what happened to this gig? You know, and it's like, you know, we don't know. Sometimes it's like on, sometimes it's, you know, I think generally what we what we start to get was like we want that. We want it to like feel um, like like the best thing ever, like every time. And, you know, there's some days that you come in and I'll be the first to admit we talked about coming here on time. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like rushing to the gig. I'm like just getting there. I'm like setting up. I'm like, oh, and those gigs are the ones that always like stink. <laughs> so right. Like, it whatever. takes your time to <laughs> you know, center but then there's ones, you know, And, you know, whatever it is, it's just we're just so thankful that that moment happened and you just you just keep playing and just try to I go like the Bruce Lee line don't think feel. Yeah. I saw Tony Levin last year when his jazz, his jazz group and what one thing Tony said, they did Eleanor Rigby for like 12 minutes. <laughs> and they do this. But what he said, you know, we never play any, you know, obviously we're jazz. We never play any of this the same way. Mm, you never yeah. play anything the same way. Yeah, it's, and because you, you'll, you'll find like ideas like, oh, I want to try that again. But there's just something about how it happened and what the other guys are doing at that moment mm. that made that really work. So, you you know, it's, it's, it's really, a, it's really trying so hard to just listen and just play together and not right. and nothing else not oh i gotta play this that's key, I gotta play this it's literally like yeah. you know just hanging you with have you. to have a yeah. feeling around you can't just go like you can get somebody i've always said you can get somebody who's technically brilliant but they have zero feel mm. so it's just sort of hollow mm. are those art gallery shows open to the public are oh they just, yeah okay absolutely yeah. they're every friday what time? every saturday or saturday, saturday. They, they, it's like a the brown hound restaurants in there oh mm-hmm. so it's um we play outside the restaurant like it's still like when you come into the the gallery in the front door, um, you can't miss it because it's like kind of like still in in, yeah. in the museum, but it's kind of in front of the restaurant. So you can either eat there and listen, or you can just walk by. Is it like listen. a six o'clock thing or something? It's eleven to one. Eleven to one. <laughs> oh wow. Eleven more eleven a.m. Oh, like a brunch. brunch. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say eleven. No, no, right, yeah, right. <laughs> Wow, you no, guys right. are really jamming. Yeah. I actually saw it with the Wendell Castle exhibit there. I gotta get back there. It's just you know, good old twenty twenty knocked a lot of stuff out okay. for a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't know about those. I gotta go and see. Them. I saw yeah. some my videos stuff Alyssa on your played, page. That was cool. My friend oh, Alyssa, cool. I think, played down there just recently too. Oh, cool! So it's cool. That's what I love. Like you know, art, music. What else could you hear? It's a great vibe there. Yeah. It's like it's just like being in that space. Can't, it's just like you know. Can't you stick in some goat horror though? <laughs> <laughs> well, so this. So I'll tell you something. 
it's fun about that gig, and it's cool to be able to like you know the Webster, the um, the the manager. He's been really great in terms of like because they were they were used to having like on Sundays they have a great folk singer or like a, not a folk singer but a, a guy like playing acoustic guitar and singing. He's amazing, um, but it's like very controlled, right, volume wise, right? Yeah. You know, because it's just one gentleman singing and playing, and um, the. Um, when we played, it was a, started as a trio, and then now we have a quartet, and we have to watch our volume. Right. Right? It's like he he's been open to that, and you know, mo- most of the time, it's like we just kind of watch out. You know, right. while, you know, sure. we can't get away with it. But so I pull out like, remember how I was telling you about like I, my my friend says you'd give me these cassettes, and I have to like learn. So, so the first song I on one of them was a song called Cosmic Slop. Okay. All right. Funkadelic song, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, this, you want to play guitar, so this, you got to play like this. <laughs> you know, it's basically like challenging. It's like, okay, you got to, you got to, hey, yeah. so it's like, okay. So, like, I'm still reaching for that. But by the, I will preface by saying that I am, I still try very hard to try to, like, you know, you know, you know, harness that emotion and feel and try to make it. I think that's life. always that you grow with. If you ever say, I'm set, does it, you know, you could go, I can do a little better. Oh, my God. There's right. there's so much vibe and nuance in that in that that song and in, in that particular one that he put on the version that he put on. But so but we're not in a at the Capitol Center in D.C. We're in like the Brown Hound Restaurant, right? <laughs> right? So we the way we play is like very much like a mellowed out kind of version. Still kind of trying to I'm right. trying to play the melody on the guitar or whatever. So it's it's cool to kind of take songs like that and like reimagine them and see how so. You know, we try to like the the Saturday gig is you know some we play a lot of originals, but we also play like you know um, uh, covers of you know typical like standards and um, other you know contemporary jazz songs. You know that are that that's cool. That people might yeah, check that out. How can we pick up? I I like the picture of you two striding with your guitar, looking like a good old gunslinger <laughs> from the West. But where can we get your CD? You have CDs? Not yet. Not yet. Everything is. I digital. see it online. Yeah, I've been watching yeah. it online. Going. Yeah. So um, so right now I have four songs that are like you could get on iTunes or any any of those. I got them on YouTube. Um, I just, oh, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. anywhere, anywhere. Right. Um, uh. There's a new one that's going to be that we're working on now that's going to be coming. I'm very excited about um, in the next few months. Um, so it's it, timing the singles is always because like the the one that's out right now, forever without a doubt, is it's been out there almost like 20 weeks now. Yeah, still doing yeah, I heard okay. that. It was nice. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I got to ask you a quick yeah, question. Good. So yeah. you and Judah, right? Yes. You're both work at the school district. So he works. Um, did you? I mean, were you playing together before that, or did you meet him working? We actually didn't meet in school. We met through a friend of ours. Um, um, he since passed away, Andre Rivera. Um, oh. He was just an amazing guy, amazing, amazing bass player, amazing musician, amazing soul. Anyway, so he brought us together on a recording session at his house once. Just he didn't even tell us that we were gonna, you know. Uh, oh. He just was like. Oh, Judas here. It's like, oh, hi. You know, we were kind of mad. Right. It was like, it was so funny because our interaction then it was like so like you know different than it is now because it's like this shot. It's like, oh hi. And I had heard of him and I was like, oh my god. You know, whatever. So that's how we met. And then another friend of ours, Carlton Wilcox. I think it was maybe about a, a, six months or a year later, put us on a actually it was a Valentine's um, uh, gig, however many years ago that was. And then Judah called me up like a few months later to record on one of his songs. I said, I've got the song. Would you like to record on it? And I was like, sure. Yeah. And then that's how it started. 
and then we would just, awesome. just awesome. try to go on from really there. Cool. And speaking of improvising and everything now, yeah. <laughs> we're to, you were talking about the joys of improvisation. Yes. I said I was going to try to sing my best Yima Sumac, but <laughs> I think I'll skip this time. But it's been very cool having you on. Yeah, oh, wow. Awesome. Very informative. It's, awesome. it's, it's fun talking it, to you guys. It's, 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 uh, I miss these music conversations. We're nice cool guys. guys. <laughs> When you're not scared away, you can come back. Yeah. <laughs> Some of our guests, like, we, they see me and they run. <laughs> De- Deepak, the sequel. <laughs> we got to bring a, a Tad back. My, yeah. You know, he have a little comedy segment. Yeah, we should. My cousin yes. very pretty funny. Now we're going to have a very big treat, our very own house drummer and our maestro, yes. Deepak, are going well, to. It was great because Tad, try you know, he's the, the Elvis impersonator. So we right. actually did a gig together. Oh, that, did you? In college. Yeah, oh, so wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. we did our, our our occupational therapy and the end of the year yeah. banquet thing, you know. And um, so they had asked, "Oh, would you bring your band to play?" So like, you know, friends came up from Rochester, and we played. And of course, Tad got in his Elvis, his yeah. Elvis gear. <laughs> He's we, huge. We, we did like a whole like he had like two or three songs that like of the intro of like him coming out with the drum solo, and we learned the whole thing. And he yeah. came out, and nobody knew this was happening, so it was so funny. <laughs> did you so ever did you ever see Dread Zeppelin? I haven't heard of them, but I've I saw seen. them at Milestones. It's Tord Elvis, who I guess is a mailman in real life. And Elvis impersonated doing Led Zeppelin to a reggae beat. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. It's hysterical. There's but a bluegrass ACDC. I, I still too. think. I still <laughs> think. Uh, I still think I saw Elvis at Tahoe's late one night cooking there. It's like garbage plate. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, they they're hilarious. He looks just like he does it perfectly. Mm. But it's like we come from the land of the ice and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> look it up. Look up immigrant song Red Zeppelin. The yell he goes, he's like a big oh, <laughs> and then this dum dum dum. Oh, you're giving me an idea. Feel free. See there. how it starts. Oh, that's how it starts. <laughs> that's how it starts. Yeah. But it's really cool in the way it's like the weird blend, but it actually works. Yeah. It all works. It's, it's interesting really... what you can do with reggae. We did a re- my band in college did a reggae version of um, Come Together. Oh, epic. sweet. Oh, wow. I can yeah. see that just because of the guitar. I can actually. One of my friends does Cruel to Be Kind as a ska song. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. The Have beauty is if you that. can't see it and somebody actually makes it work, is the best. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever heard Bonnie Raitt's version of that? Uh, uh, was, I can't. In excess? No, it's a. Uh, she does a killer uh, version. Of I need you tonight. I can't think of the guy's she, name she now. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. He he had some songs there. Uh, never mind. We were looking I can't up think and I'll have to tell so, you later. I sound like me. As as mic goes off but anyway, we were talking about the joy of improvision. So now we're going to have our own in-house musicians play whatever you want. Cool. Yeah. And the only thing What's I have to add out? is uh, next week on the 19th, oh. my good friend Kevin Smith. Rafferty. Jerry Rafferty. Oh, there we go. She, she does Baker a, Street? She, she does a... She does a... No, the other song he had. I have no it's idea. It's my way of telling you everything. I don't know. But she does a reggae version go of, listen of, to the, it yourself. of, the, of <laughs> that song. It's, it's a cool... But next really week, cool. we have a benefit for the Ukraine at Love and Cup starting at 2. My friends are putting it on. Bunch cool. of bands. Should be fun. Everything else. They're going to try to write a special song for it. And I said, just don't be cheesy. Try to make something, you know, cool. But whatever. <laughs> But yeah, thanks a lot, Deepak. Thanks for we're go- me. No, it's now we're going to have- you guys. all we're going to say is whatever you want to play, play. That's what we do. Play on. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Sky cool. metal rocks. <laughs> <laughs>